from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quackett Smith. Me, oh my, I haven't enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Draft Rugby, the game they play in heaven. Welcome to Season 6, Episode 19 of the Draft Rugby Show. I'm here with my brother, Nelson. Nelson, how are you going? Couldn't be better, mate. Uh, it's coming to the pointy end of the season. It is, and kagi has been voted off by a majority vote again this week. So it's a shame he doesn't listen so we can throw all the chat we want about him and he'll have absolutely no idea. Now, we've started this one pretty late, so we decided we'll do the uh, review, listener questions and the main talking points, and uh, we'll have a bit of a dessert without a main meal talking about the selections and the loose forwards for the Wallabies this week. And we'll leave the previews be. We might get to them Tuesday or Wednesday night if we can, but it'll probably just come down to how much you hate rugby league and also, uh, I guess, time's probably the other one as well. Um, I would say, though, despite all that, um, we did waste 40 minutes preparing for one of the listener questions when we shouldn't have it all, but it's going to be a good lot of fun. So it was a good question. And despite trying not to talk too negative about people, we definitely have in that one. So that'd be good. Um, but let's get right into it, Nels. Uh, first of all, round 14, the review, the Highlanders beat the Reds 35-30 with a last-minute try. A couple of dodgy calls there. The Rebels versus the Force, they walloped them 52-14, to completely one-sided. The, uh, the Indrua got away with a sneaky little win with a, a kick actually to lose the match. Moana Pacifica could have taken it away from them in dying seconds. Uh, they won 47-46 after having a really big lead. And then the, the Crusaders, very lucky, just snuck past the Waratahs, 42-18. Yeah, and to round it out, we had the Blues touching up the Hurricanes, 36-25, to and the Brums going down 21-31 to to the Chiefs in Canberra, but, you know, scoring a couple of late tries to maybe look a little bit better than what it was. They just got a bit outclassed in that one, which is pretty disappointing. What were the main talking points from the round, Nels? Um, there's a few throughout this. I, I think from that Reds game, the main talking point was they scored the try of the season. Absolute hands down try of the season. I, I can't think of any contenders, to be honest, that that challenge it. Um, that um, James O'Connor flicked back inside after that Wilson run, a few pop balls. It was absolutely phenomenal. The boys were, you know, high energy, ready to score that one, and nothing was stopping them, including a head-high tackle um, by, what's his name, the English hen uh, sh- throwing a shoulder. Burns. Yeah, Burns. Um throwing a shoulder straight into James O'Connor's head, which people said, oh, no, that's all good, that's fine. And then other people said, no, that should be a ban for life. Um, and also there was a forward pass in that lead up to the Connor Garden Bashup try and potentially a knock-on. Against it was a very – yeah. So um, con- the contentious. The are different in Super Rugby, mind you. They are a little different, so you can't blame him. Yeah, yeah. You, you, you are allowed to, you know, hit people high apparently in the north. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, yeah, look, def- definitely a tough loss for them. On the flip side for the Aussies, though, the Rebels finally put in an 80-minute performance. You can obviously see in my background on the on the tube that uh, Sammy Talakai, I've got his try, which was probably the greatest Sam Talakai run I've ever seen. It, it was only about 10 metres, but it looked like about 40 metres, the way he just went through the middle of the pack. So more of that. The man looked like a brick shit house. And it's it's good to see him finally having a good run and getting over the line. Harry, is that a compliment? He ran ten meters, but it looked like forty. I mean, <laughs> you just don't see him run more than ten meters ever. So yeah, yeah. Fair, fair enough. Um, yeah, look, I already touched on the the talking point out of the Drua Pacifica match. Uh, Lilia Fano, I think it was, to have the chance to to close it out um, for Moana, which would have been a huge upset in Fiji. Fiji broke out to a decent lead um, but couldn't put in a full 80-minute performance and and Moana got a sniff and and gave themselves the chance, but alas, couldn't get it done. Yeah, and uh, in the Crusaders, they had a debutante, a new debutante for the Crusaders. They were missing all black props, Bauer, Newell, Moody, Brewers and to Mighty Williams, who was ruled out pre-game. 
And of course, that brought in none other than the 39-year-old and 233 days, edging close to 40 after a 12-year hiatus, which is 4,347 days. John Afoa, the former Blues All-Star prop, joins the Crusaders and did a good job, mate. Very, very good. And it was awesome watching him on camera all game. Like every time they stopped or like pre-game, during the game, he was always just having a laugh and throwing some banter. Like he's just so casual and calm out there. It meant nothing. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say it didn't mean nothing, but the, the, he was so used to being out in the middle. It just the occasion just did not get the better of him at all. I think his biggest concern is what the people in Auckland were going to think when they turned on the telly and saw him wearing a Crusaders jersey. Um, the man wants the, to the title. Give him a break. Yeah, yeah. The the Blues, I mean, none other than Mark Talea, the untouchable. He may, he got seven tackle busts, but how about this? His opposite number, Naholo, not a single tackle missed. So, I mean, Talea was just running all over the field or Naholo wasn't wanting to get near him. I, I think maybe the latter just doesn't I, want yeah, that's smart play from Kenny Nile. Just, just, just let him around you. Covering the backfield, man. I was covering the backfield. <laughs> yeah, man, I was just checking everyone else was okay. We're on our own dry line. No, no, they needed me. They needed me. They could have kicked. Yeah, I was covering. Yeah. Um, and then uh, there was the last one. I don't know. We've, we've said the new superstar. And, of course, Nelson, it's, uh, it's a throwback to a throw to your YouTube background. Um, Tommy Hooper. We thought he was an absolute weapon last year when he came on the scene, and we'll call him as a bolter for the Wallabies at six. Missed the bulk of the year after breaking his foot in preseason, I think it was. Yeah. Whatever it was, it was, kept him out until the last couple of weeks, and he is just on fire. He made 17 tackles, 12 runs, two line breaks, five lineouts, and a lineout steal. Um, and with him on the field, the Brumbies made 16 of their 17 lineouts and won all six of their scrums. So I'm sure we'll get to him in our dessert talking about the loose forwards, but, man, he is an absolute machine, and it's just straight back into top-quality form, which is a bit ridiculous as well. I was saying a couple of weeks ago, I picked him up in fantasy going, this guy, they're going to have to give him some starts because he ended the year last year in such good form. He uh, he's, he's just adds so much to their lineout as well, and, geez, he looks good. He He's throwing himself in contention for that six jersey because he has been that good. Even covering Locke where, you know, he's going to do the dirtier work in tight, but he was very, very exciting. If we jump across to the fantasy man of the week, I already touched on him. Mark the untouchable to the layer, 109 points, 10 carries, four tries. That's a haul of tries, Harry. I had to look this up. Who's a brace? Three's a hat-trick. Four's a haul. Five's a glut, six a double hat trick, and seven a hall trick. The only person who's going to pull off a hall trick in, you know, the the rest of eternity, it's going to be Mark Talao. He's the only man that will be able to do it. But four, that's that's pretty brilliant. He had ten tackle busts as well and an offload. I like the glut. That's what you want a glut of tries. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a glut of tries. Yeah, ridiculous. I'm pretty sure we I'm pretty sure we did not know what four was last year, and we renamed it after someone. Yeah, that, we, that ended up. We definitely it. made it up. <laughs> but it's a haul. You got a haul of tries. Right. Um, notables as well. Luke Jacobson, easily his best game of the year, 84 points, was untouchable. Richie Mawunga, 83 points. Uh, it's fair to say that one of the commentators in New Zealand still doesn't know how to say his name, though. Richie Mawunga, um, despite the bloke being in, in the game for 20-odd years. Uh, Jonah Narecki, 80 points. Ryan Lauren, 78 points. And Yosefa Marcy, 76 points as well. All outstanding. The super sub Cortez Ratima or Radima, 72 points. I feel like I butchered the name after we just talked shitting on someone else saying the name wrong. Um, but he played 67 minutes and Amosi Hiri played uh, not very long, uh, but he got minus three points off the bench as well, I'm pretty sure. Right. Um, also, I just realized I've lost my spot. Sorry. Um, well, the, the next thing we can. How appropriate. Yeah. And I said, uh, how how appropriate? Why is it appropriate? It's Takiri. He's he's not even a lock, mate. No, I'm inappropriate that I lost my spot and didn't didn't know what we're talking about to talk about the mud of the week. And Mossy oh. Takiri. Uh, Harry, you have Harry, 
You have lost your spot. I just mentioned them. Did you? I already said who it was. <laughs> I just wanted to double um, Sorry, sorry I, was just, I was trying to look at the uh, New Zealand commentator's name that you can't pronounce you're it. The new, you're the new Captain Mud, mate. Look, let's jump across into the listener questions. The first one we have this week, the conductor, you know, our tried and true listener always giving us some good questions. But he said, damn it, is it too late to ask if Nadolo will get a crack on Saturday? I don't know if it is. Like, look, he's, we said that... He's been here or hereabouts. You know, he's been around the last few weeks. He's there if they need him. Um, and, I mean, the Tars are locked in at six. It just depends what they do. Do they want to continue to build continuity? Um, do they want to give as many players a rest as possible? Because Peach has had very little time not on the field. And Noanganitawasi, I'm pretty sure, has played every single minute of the entire year. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a chance we see him this, this week. Yeah, I think that's a big question. Which of the wingers needs a rest, if any? Um, he's obviously, I, I don't think they're going to move Peach or Marky Nwanganetawasi to fullback. So I, I think you're going to see um, either Ben Donaldson there or who's uh, Harry Wilson, I think it is, isn't it? Harry that Wilson. can play at yep. fullback as well. Yeah. So I think one of those two will end up at the back. But Namani Ndola, I wouldn't mind a bit of a farewell to him as well. This will be, if, if he did play his last game of Super Rugby or any professional footy as well. So. What a send off just to join uh, Tetra Faulkner, um, to La- Tolu Latu, and of course the great Michael Hooper as well. Um, but no, I don't, I don't think it's likely. I, there, there's a little bit too much depth and too many other options, but would love to see it. The next question was from Andrew Hofmeister. He says, Is Lester Fanger Nuku depart? Is his departure really that big of a loss considering the talent New Zealand has in its outside backs? He's a weapon, don't get me wrong, and at times unstoppable, but the talent pool in the position is freakish. Nelson, what do you say to that? Oh, he's a loss. For me, he's he's their best physical winger in New Zealand. He's got the versatility, versatility to play 13 as well. I'd be picking him over Caleb Clark every day of the week and twice on Sundays. This he is he is massive for them, and he's still relatively young, got plenty of time left. Yes, they have loads and loads of talent. Um, I mean, you're gonna gonna have some top wingers missing out, but they're always gonna have you know a, a couple of different style wingers, and that physical winger they've relied on Caleb Clark, they've relied on Lester Fanganuku in the last couple of years, and for me, he is a step above the rest in terms of consistency. Yeah, yeah, I. I, I do agree, but the way they play, there's just so many players that can slide in and do a phenomenal job. You know, like let, let's say they just throw in like Narawa instead. Like <laughs> they just have so many ridiculous heaps. I mean, Narekian, none of them like, like, match why don't you throw in. Well, I mean, are you going to throw Nareki and and Talea? It's fucking amazing, but it's not necessarily the way that um, New Zealand likes to get their balance of their back three. So I, I think it means they're probably going to rely more on Caleb Clark. And Caleb Clark, for me, isn't consistent enough, isn't in that form enough. So they either need to rejig how they play their wings or, uh, you know. You're missing the biggest point here, mate. Clearly, the only they need a carrier in midfield, right, to offset the loss of Lester Fanger and Nuku. It's the man that just signed for the Crusaders, Levi Moore. All of a sudden, the balance is fine back in the back line again, isn't it? What, are you you're shifting Yuani back to the wing? I don't care. You just start <laughs> Levi Amua. I don't you care do. what you have to do. You, you know that um, it got revealed Eddie, Eddie Jones was trying to get him as well. Yeah. <laughs> we well, don't talk yeah. about it because it goes against our narrative of New Zealand uh, poaching the players. Yeah. Um, we'll Next question. Again. The rug, Eddie. Anyway, yeah. pushing on. The Hofmeister. Another question for us. We will, see, uh, will we see wholesale changes for the Tars against Moana. What do you think, Harry? Yeah, I think short answer, no. Um, I think he's, I, I guess the, they'll be conscious of the fact that win or lose, they stay in six. So they'll be able to rest a few, but you really don't want to go into a final series losing to Moana. They got kicked around by the Crusaders last week. And I think they do need to really continue to try and build their game if they're going to have any chance in hell of playing a quarterfinal. So I think they'll make a couple of tactical uh, rests. I think Jed Holloway is the obvious one. He's overdue. Harry Johnson-Holmes, I think, has played every game starting since round three as well. Yeah. Might have one, might have might have come off the bench once. So they're they're the two big big ones for me. Maybe Jake Gordon I could see as well. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I don't think there'll be too many rests. 
I, I wouldn't hate them trying to give a, a bit more minutes and a few players' legs. Like, I mean, Lambert we've seen come back. I wouldn't mind seeing him start. Vialanu's been very good. Parecki's played massive minutes. So I wouldn't mind Vialanu getting a start. Maybe put, you know, Parecki on the bench. Um, Gamble hasn't had much time. So I wouldn't hate to see a Gamble and Hooper combo in the back row. Um, and maybe it means Siu has, has missed some... Rugby recently, maybe he plays in the locks to to offset that Holloway loss. But it's it's a lot to start changing. Tane Edmund probably we see come in quite likely to ten, um, with Dono then going to to fullback. But I think you get to see Fakedi and Parisi back in as your centre partnership by by the sounds of it as well. Yeah, I, I, look, I think Tane Edmed's a good shout as well to give him a bit of a run just to see what he can do if he can straighten up the attack. But at the same time, like, I just don't think they're going to be moving the, so many pieces around. I think Jed Holloway drops out and Ned Hannigan drops straight in. You know, I don't think they're going to look at moving Tony Sewer around and changing the back row balance. And they just, they can't afford to make that many changes. They're not playing well enough to do that, I don't think. But obviously we, there's a differing opinion there. So they could do freaking anything because it doesn't really matter if they win or lose, but God, you would hate to be the only team in an entire year that lost to Moana Pacifica as well. Albeit, you know, I, I think Moana are going to struggle to get back up emotionally after last week where they bombed. Uh, they, absolute... Also, they're going to want to, they're going to want to send Hooper and the other guys off mainly Hooper, to be honest, off, off, you know, with a, a big high, you know, they, you they're going to want to send out a B team for hoops. Nah. And let's be uh, honest, mate, we've got two weeks left for Tars, so we may as well just run into the ground. You've got two weeks off after that. <laughs> yeah. No, Jorgensen, he's he's probably out for the rest of the year, so that's why we're talking about our fullback changes as well. Yeah. Next question is, is Mark Talea now a shoe-in for the ABs? He's outshining Caleb Clark and every New Zealand wing each round. I think we touched on this one a little bit. Yeah. Look, I I think for me, it's Talea, Fying and Nuku, and probably Will Jordan if they're not playing him at fullback. They're your three you've got to pick from, um, in, in my eyes. There's lots of other guys that are really, really good there, but it's those three. Um, oh, I think you've got to get Talea on. He's he's just being too good. Yeah, I think he's. A, I think he is a shoe-in, to be honest with you as well. I think Caleb Clark might be on the other one. I'm not sure that Lester Fangaranuku is going to be the guy getting a pick just purely because he hasn't had a lot of minutes in that team to get any cohesion and he's leaving. So it's I get it, Clark. it's the World Cup year, but I'm just not it's sure not that you bring a guy in there that late on. I mean, Clark, Clark is just not – he's not in it at the moment. He's just not up to it. Like, he, he's had some moments of being decent. He's been too slow to turn around. He's been caught out a number of times. He's had moments where he's looked amazing, but he still looks young and immature and not really at the point of being a consistent all-black winger when you've got other players that are far better than you at the moment. I think I think that's harsh. I think they're different types of props. I think Leicester – sorry, props. back rowers rather. I mean, Caleb Clark could play props. Wingers. Um, wingers, that's the wingers one. Wingers even. Back rowers, yeah. yeah, that's right. I mean, they could both play either. But, look, Leicester, Fangaranuku and Mark Talea, they both come off their wing a lot and search for the ball in the middle of the field, whereas Caleb Clark doesn't. He sits on his left wing and he waits yeah. for his opportunity. He's lightning quick off the mark. He's a huge unit. So I think he's that winger that just sits out wide. And if that's what they want, lazy one. he's bloody good at it. What You can say lazy winger, but it depends what the balance of the rest of their back line is. They might not want both their wingers roaming as well. Maybe they do want someone settled so then that way they have a little bit more of a settled back three. So I guess it comes down to how they want to play it. Uh, I agree. I don't think Taylor Clark's in as good form as the other guys, but the balance is probably going to be what it comes down to as well. Good coach doesn't pick him. Yeah, next question. Uh, this is a fun one from Neil Young. This is uh, on, let's, not let's, nice. Let's finish on this one. Let's finish on this one. The Super Rugby oh. Punter asks us a different question first. Okay. If Israel Palau was still around, how good are the Tars? Nels? Look, we, we both think they are one score better, and that's probably a, a fair assessment, but also they're a less like team because, geez, I don't know if you watched that entire game. He is exciting, but he has this air of arrogance. I I I don't know if other people looked at it when they weren't playing. He wasn't playing for their team and always thought it. But watching him play for the World 15, not passing, being a hog, you know, cheering how good he is when he scores a try, he did some very brilliant stuff. One of the best offloads you'll see off the ground. But he just frustrates me. So I'm happy he's not there. 
I'll tell you what, that one score better means that we could have beaten the Brumbies both times. We won't. We wouldn't have. No, no. One score better means that yeah, we one could score have beaten better. them both times. And but, that is, but we also probably won. A conversion. We're one score worse in defence against those top teams. And so the Brumbies still beat us. On, turn it up, turn it up. And if we also converted the one score better against the Rebels, we would have drawn with them. So the takeaway is, essentially, we probably would have beaten the Hurricanes. We would have been the fifth-ranked team, not the sixth, and we would have gotten to play the Brumbies in the quarterfinals rather than the Blues, let's say. Hang on. Brumbies could still finish third. Yeah, it's still possible. Going. Yeah, they're not, they're not going to, but they could. <laughs> You you can say whatever you want, but you know I'm right. We're one we're one position better. That's how good we're. Okay, so Jorgo, who has been one of our standouts, isn't there, but he's okay. been an all round player. And yes. we put Flower in. Who is it? No, he's not near Flower. But Flower attacks, but also never passes. Mate, so you, you're... you wouldn't be dropping Jorgo. Jorgo's playing fullback. Flower's playing wing most of the time. So who are you dropping? Marky or Pete? Marky Mark. Yeah, one of them. I mean, he's just Marky two point like one isn't he? He's more Marky than Marky, but he's yeah, not... <laughs> exactly, mate. <laughs> You're not right. All right, look, they would have come fifth, and they would have lost the quarter final. It's official. So no, yeah, they changed. twice in the regular season. <laughs> they lost them in the quarters. All right, the best question, Nelson. What we wasted all our time on tonight. Go on. Is it Nile? Is it Nile or Neil? If there's two L's, Harry. Uh, I'm gonna say Nile. Oh, I'm gonna say Nile too. Nile Young. Name your fifteen, or or just handful. But no, we've got fifteen no, from Super. <laughs> yeah, and subs from Super Rugby that have underperformed this season. So, yeah, Harry, how do you want to do this? The first thing that comes to my mind is Homer Simpson going. Now, the favorite part of every podcast is chat. The cut. <laughs> Joe Moody, your cut. Kurt Eklund, your cut. Alan Al Alatoa, I really like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. <laughs> that's well done. That was, I don't know if you planned that. That was good. But yes, <laughs> I that's the front row. That's the front row. That is the front row, yeah. Moody, Eklund, and Ala Alatoa. So Moody just, I mean, a, a man that we thought was an absolute rock in the front row for the last 25 years, it feels like. He, I think he's just been overtaken by pretty much every other New Zealand prop, who, mind you, have all been playing very, very well. He's not as dominant at scrum time. He's not as versatile. I think he played 10 games before he got injured. So he's definitely got a big enough body of work for it to uh, to count uh, and just not quite there. Yeah. And then we've got um, Kurt Eklund. He's just been usurped by Ricky Riccatelli. I mean, the last few years we were saying he could be an all-black. You know, he's, he's been there for a while. He's been playing well enough. Um, but he's been usurped, and and not by a young man. Ricky Riccatelli is twenty eight. Um, Eklund is obviously slightly older. I think he is thirty one. Um, so it's not like they're really planning long term. You know, that's what they're trying to find. They've obviously just think that um, Kurt Eklund doesn't bring as much to that side as Ricky Riccatelli. I think, I think it's just his lineout. It's just not good enough. He's throwing. That's what's hurt him. But man, he was a top fantasy hooker last year, and he's just barely got game time. Yeah, so that that hurts, and then um, Alan Ala Alatoa, obviously an absolute pod favorite. We love him, but we're just used to him just making huge tackle numbers every single week, making some good runs, being a rock at the scrum. I reckon the Brumbies set piece has gone down a bit, a little bit this year. They've managed his workload pretty well. He's just absolutely not peaking yet. I mean, it can be a little bit forgiven because we expect he should be our tight head for the World Cup, and maybe he's just building into that. But probably not at his best this year. I think he's been a bit underdone, sadly. And now he's got a big calf injury, so he's going to be out for a little while. But it's not it's not a substantial thing. In in, in 2022, he made a tackle um, every 5.88 minutes. This year, it's been every 6.77 minutes. So it's, you know, a minute extra. But the thing is, he, he's not making the same impact, I think, in terms of the stuff that you're seeing as well. Like... I think he might be a little bit quieter in in other measures as well. Like he, I don't think we're seeing him as much make the impacts in breakdowns, things along those lines. As you said, the scrum's been a little bit lower. Um, he's making some few fewer tackles, and I think the only reason he's on this list is we've got such a high expectation for from him yeah. because he's been so good for so long, and and we think he's you know world class and and potentially up there at, at times as the best tight head in the world. And at the moment, he's he's not at that level. Yeah. Pushing along. Hopefully he gets there. 
Speaking of disappointing, I mean, that's the 23, right? Or 25, and then we got... This um, is harsh, but locks. <laughs> now, I've got yeah. I've got Darcy Swain and Angus Blythe. I mean, two of them, you know, just the champions of yellow and red cards this year and Swain for the last few years. So I think that that goes against him. Swain was under a couple of weeks ago, but it was his only solid big minute performance for the whole year. Um, and Blythe just hasn't been able to get going. Injured to start the year, came on red carded immediately, and since coming back into the side after that, just hasn't been able to get his motor going again. So they're two guys that I think we had quite high expectations of, and they just they haven't been anywhere near it. Look, Swain has been a wallaby, and at the moment he is the fourth best lock at the Brumbies. Yeah, no doubt. That's insane. <laughs> Um, so Angus yeah, Blythe I, I, was knocking on the door last year and he's nowhere near yeah. it now. Yeah, so that, that's that's it for us again. Expectations just not being met, the, the main thing there. If we jump across into the back row, I mean, you wouldn't expect this guy to be thrown out, but Peter Gus saw a cooler. Then we've got Tom Christie, Marina Mekili Tu. There are some big names in that back row. Peter Gus saw a cooler, obviously. What did he get? One all blacks cap, yeah. And then heading offshore, and everyone's like going, oh, you know, wasn't it like four minutes? Yeah, it was, it was a stitch up. Um, but he's he's really fallen in terms of his form. Tom Christie, he he works hard around the paddock. He has had some big matches in in D, but his average per game has dropped from close to twenty to you know twelve, thirteen, something along those lines. And when one of your biggest things is is tackling, if you're dropping such a significant amount, um. You, you start to sort of fade away a little, little bit, um, and, and I think that's something we've known because for notice from him, um, his steals and things have gone down a little bit as well. Things that may be attributed, you know, from the the Crusaders' performance throughout a lot of the year, but he was probably better at the start of the year when the Crusaders were struggling, and as the Crusaders are coming to form, I think he's fallen away a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I think he was running a bit more in the first half of the year when they were losing a lot of their big back rowers, and I think that kind of dropped his work rate. And now as you've had the likes of, uh, you know, let, let's say Cullen Grace, for example, coming in and playing some more minutes and carrying the ball a little bit more, he just isn't getting the opportunity. And he's just kind of been pushed out of the game a little bit to his own standards. And then Marino Michele too, like if he, he, he is the hands-down choice at number eight, right? Two years ago, he was probably the third-ranked back rower for his effect on the game in fantasy footy. He was just tearing it up, ripping up trees left, right, and centre. Last year, I think he was fourth or fifth. Like two years of being a fantastic, damaging back rower. The bloke gets picked earlier in the year and then gets an injury and now just cannot get his spot back. He's seemingly fallen behind Urent and, and uh, Sean Withy. It's and he's just long gone. Like he's just nowhere near a high on the side. That's been incredibly disappointing. Crazy. When he broke into the scene, him and Satutu were very similar levels, you know, in that, that first season. And and I think Mikeli Tutu, you know, broke onto the scene above Satutu for that first part of that year. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's a bit of fall from grace. I mean, he's still young, got plenty of times. I don't know, he's got to be 22, 23, um, 23 maybe. But yeah, he's got plenty of time. But um, he has been absolutely destroying. Uh, you know, opposition the last few years. So it's it's a, a big drop for him. We 25, jump across 25. 25, there you go. Um, halves partnership. We've got Finlay Christie, Ben Donaldson, Harry. Yeah, I think Finlay Christie, a, a little bit like Alan Alatoa, we just had such high expectation for him. And I know there's people that probably won't disagree with this one. And we, we had a couple of other close nominees as well. But he was, you know, the heir apparent Darren Smith last year at the All Blacks. And I just don't think he's had anywhere near the same impact on the game as he has. He's had good moments, but last year his ball, his passing was crisp every single game. He made damaging runs every single game. He's been left behind by the likes of Cam Roygaard, um, Cortez, Rat- Cortez Ratima off the bench as well, you know, uh, I guess Brad Weber, you could say in a similar vein, just not quite hitting the highs of what he did last year, but for us, Finlay Christie, the All Black last year, he, he just needs to be at a higher level and probably not quite there this year. I agree. Ben Donaldson, um, it took him, you know, a, a couple of injuries to be able to get to the position where he wants to play at fly half. Um, and he had some consistent time there, something that we thought would probably get him back into the real form that we we know he can be in. Um, he has improved, uh, I think, once or twice in the last couple couple weeks. He's shown that he can take the ball to the line and actually split the line. But 
all in all throughout this year, I think he's looked very, very quiet and and I don't want to say a shadow of the man that made a Wallabies squad in a Wallabies debut, but he is just, he's not looking the same as well. Um, and I think he needs some consistent time at 10. And if that's in, in the Western Force, I don't want to see him go, but if that's in the Western Force, um, hopefully, you know, he, we get to see the, the highs we've seen from him in the past. Yeah, at centre we got Roger Tuovasa Shek and Apisalome Vota. Um, first, uh, firstly, Roger Tuovasa Shek probably started the year better than he's finished. He had a little injury sign back for the Warriors, and it seems like the Blues have just given him the finger and said, "See you, mate. If you want to leave, you're surplus to requirements." But Harry Plummer playing at ten and twelve has not played that well to hold a player of his caliber out. And then now Bryce Heem's been picked above him, like. Seemingly everybody will be picked above him. They're just not going to play him. He's not needed, apparently. He had one game recently where he started. He only played 40 or 50 minutes, and he had one really good-looking run, but that was that was it, you know? So just so far down on the man that was pushing for an all-back squad. Yeah, it seems pretty crazy, to be fair. Um, and then Apisalome Vota, um, again, we just... We just knew him from last year being absolutely dominant in that centre partnership with Revovo. Um, and, you know, Yosefa Marcy came onto the scene. They tried to push him out to wing, realised that he didn't really suit wing as much as he did in that 13 channel. I mean, it means Votto's just faded away. Um, he had moments off the bench. He had a couple starts and he didn't really take those chances um, throughout the year, and and because of that, he's our thirteen. And I think I don't know if there's anyone that really comes close early in the season. You know, Preece was quiet, but he's really come good and and looking really good form. But we haven't seen any uptick from Vota. From fantasy footy, he was tied with Geordie Barrett and Scott Gregory. Scott Gregory is probably up there in this list as well. I can't believe we didn't name him. Yeah. Um, but uh, he was he ranked above David Avili as well last year. Like the the drop for him is just insane. Um, outside backs, I've got Manasa Mateli in my number 11 jersey. Uh, I know he can play the other side as well, but really he is he was the force's best player by country mile last year, and the game plan was very much give the ball to Mateli. It seems like that's not the game plan anymore, which seemingly could be part of his demise. He's obviously battled some Achilles injuries and things as well, but he has just been so underwhelming. Yeah, I think that's fair. The other one is Julian Savia. Um, I think for us, we uh, I'd I thought the last couple of years he's a he's a Kiwi winger and he's above the age of was it 25 or whatever? 27. Maybe 26 even. I don't know. 27. That might be that might be generous. Um these days. Um and so you know, he, he doesn't have the energy in his legs that he used to and the speed in his legs that he used to. And Super Rugby is a very fast physical game. He has shown he's still a very, very good player. Um, but, I mean, the the drop is clear. I think he's showing that he's not, you know, he, he's not of the standard that we've come to, you know, expect from him. Yeah, I think you might even be a bit generous there. He's been disappointing. He scored three tries in the entire year. He's played more minutes Ooh. than Royasi and Kininoholo. His attacking stats would be nowhere near them, and that includes a double for his three tries. Like, the man, I, I really hope he scores one more to finish the year, but... Now that he's injured, I think he busted his shoulder. It might not happen, but he's on the end of an expansive Hurricanes back line. Like, he should just be making a lot more damaging runs than that. And last year, he was just so exceptional as well. Yeah, I think he just he doesn't have the pace in his legs to finish off some of the opportunities presented to him where we know the other wingers definitely would. It, it honestly felt on a couple of occasions they've gone, let's get this man the record, and they've started him and nothing's happened. And I think that's happened a few times. And that probably is part of Basel why he's on this list as well. Um, but we have one more name in the starting side. And the captain. You 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 questioned, you go, do you have a fullback? And and I went, Oh, it's gotta be Kirtley Beale. He's so far and away the El Capitan of this squad because he got himself arrested before the season even started. Like, what more do you need? It's not an injury, so we can't say it's because of that. So I think he absolutely deserves to be in this side. I, I think he's a shoe-in. The captain of the squad, it may as well be called the Kirtley Beale squad of 2023. Yeah, look, I mean, captain, you're innocent until you, 
you're innocent until you're proven guilty. But let's be honest, he's underperformed this year. <laughs> <laughs> he's we, definitely we, guilty of that. Yeah, we, we thought he was coming back and he was going to push himself into the chance of a Wallabies jersey. Instead, he's pushed himself into a jail cell. And a chance being in there for a while. Through the, uh, through the subs, Nels. We've got... Mesalami Dolacoro at Hooker, who we just thought had such a big last year and just can't get anywhere near the starting side now. Dane Zander from the Reds at Loosehead, who we thought was exceptional last year as a as a young player coming through, just hasn't been out of reach the same highs and their set pieces really struggled. And John Ryan coming over from the UK, he was, you know, a, a, a capped international, like an experienced older player for sure, but just has not been able to keep up. It's uh, I, I know it's the kind of the kind of the twilight of his career, but he should be right for a Joe Moody role. You know, play forty minutes, get him off the field, and just do a great job at all your core roles. And he just hasn't. So, I mean, that's our front row reserve. I think the big thing was he doesn't seem hasn't seemed to scrummage as as well as we expected from him as well. Yeah. We'll we'll make note that this is basically an under twenties lineup because they had an extended bench. This is an extended bench because we want to shit on more people. Um there's Isaiah Walker, Leah Wary in the locks for us. Yes, he's looked decent at times, but again, a, a player that was breaking out. We've got Tom Robinson, the big source, slowly becoming the empty source bottle. Um, James Lynches as well to round out that back row or the, the Lucy's. Yeah, I've got reserve halfback James Tuttle. He was voted equal best player for the Rebels last year, and he has spawned so far behind Ryan Lonigan now. Bodie Barrett has had a few good moments like Finlay Christie, but just nowhere near his best and has obviously fallen down the pecking order for New Zealand. And it could actually cost him a World Cup squad. I'm not sure it will, but on form it probably should. Um, I've got Jack Goodhue as my reserve centre. Just again, like since coming back from injury, he's had one reasonable game, but he's just nowhere near the player that we remember at the moment and you know for for a bloke that was just so exceptional at 12 and 13 he really needs to find some form they rounded out we've got jonah Lowe, a player that you know on the the end of a very good back line has not really done a lot to to line up our screens this season uh, and he is a very good talented player and suliasi vunavalu the cattle pride worked for one week I think, you know, Eddie's just going to have to keep chasing with it every single week because he's uh, he lights himself up, got a bit excited once or twice after that little incident. And then after that, he's he's gone back to his quiet old self. Um, I'm very, I wouldn't say slowly, but I'm very much losing hope. I, I wouldn't be picking the bloke in the Wallaby squad and I hope we don't pick him. No, like, no it doesn't I, seem near at the moment. No, and, and I'm pretty sure he has he signed and he's taken a discount. Is that what's happened? He's he's not signed for as much money, but he's staying. Yeah, like I'm happy that he stayed. Good on him, but I I'm, I'm not against him leaving. I still I still just think he needs to get his body right. He still doesn't look completely comfortable running for a Ferrari right. stuck in first gear. The gearbox is damaged. That's it. That's the issue. He just doesn't seem like he can trust himself. No. Let's push on to the last of our uh, our podcast notes before the dessert because we are kicking on here for a long podcast regardless of no previews top news i just wanted to quickly say Connor vest fractured his neck c7 vertebra on the weekend walked off because he's a tough bugger um hard as the medical team there where your players obviously hard as nails and not realizing he's got a broken neck jesus christ but uh we wish him all the best obviously and uh, i think he sees a specialist in in queensland this week and we'll find out what his future holds, but hopefully nothing too too long for him. The commentators legitimately said, oh, that's good to see. That'll be comforting for yeah. his family. <laughs> they always and, say uh, that. He's got a broken neck. That was quite concerning. Yeah. Um, and then the, the last piece is we had the Barbarians, Eddie's Barbarians versus the World 15, Steve Hansen, the Falau picker. Um, we, won't, we won't put spoilers out there for two reasons. Number one, Jesus Christ, go watch the game. And number two... I've only watched the first half because it finished at midnight. I don't know about you. <laughs> uh, I watched the whole game. I don't care about no spoilers. I, I won't spoil anything for you. But, I mean, the the, the things that you need to know, holy shit, Tamanavalu, holy shit times two, Redradra. Um, Falau just did one of the most ridiculous flicks. Nikosi 
did a backflip, almost broke his neck and died, oh, um, but kept on playing. What the hell? What Hit the him midair, upside down, spinning around to try and plant it in. I wanted them to go frame by frame. I thought that ball might have been in. Jesus Christ, you got to watch this game. The two, Jeez. the firepower in the back lines was Tavita out of control. Tavita Lee, uh, La Mape as well. Don't forget him. Like Sammy Perevi. Quade but, Cooper. Um, Quade Cooper looked good as well. Like, I mean, this, that, that Achilles is fine. It's so it fine. I mean, I think Eddie literally went, give it a crack. Like, show me that your Achilles is fine because he had no questions and backing himself. He he looks as physically good as he has looked. Samu, um, the other Samu one, Karevi left the field, mate. Have you Googled yet what's going on with him? I don't uh, All I've Googled is Eddie Jones has played it down is all that I've seen. Eddie right. Jones has played down the injury. So saying it's not that severe, um, but I don't know anything about the injury. Um, Adam Radwan was another one that has to have a shout out. Um, this bloke, I mean, for, for us, we didn't we didn't really know this guy. 179 centimetres, 86 kilos. He is a winger for the Newcastle Falcons and has played a little bit of England as well. Jesus Christ. He would be close to, to the speed of Corey Tool, but he can actually step. The bloke, the bloke is electric. And I think he, I mean, he only got picked because they couldn't pick some of the English squad players. Holy shit. Get this guy in the English squad. He was that good. Oh, he is so electric to watch. Outrageous. And well done. I think it was Eddie Jones that picked him then, wasn't he? He was Barbarians. Just he was. Man, he is so, so good. And I reckon that's probably why Eddie picked him, just to try and put him his name up in lights because he was phenomenal. What, what a player. Um, the other one, that, uh, the final score, the uh, the final piece of news was uh, another UK team looking like shutting down Nels. Yeah, this this is a bit concerning. Uh, the London Irish, uh, another team that looks like they may go under. Apparently there were reports that... I don't know if someone was buying. The money was coming from somewhere. Some US, um, but... some US uh, blokes that used to own an NFL side or something like that, but they just it just hasn't come to fruition. Yeah, I mean, how it affects us. I mean, Creevy's over there. That doesn't help us. But Hoskins, uh, Oliver Hoskins, he may return to to WA. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, Robbie Simmons is signed elsewhere. Um, who else is interesting? Um, Henry Ar- Arundel, he's very good. He's got to f- pick up a, a contract somewhere on some mean, good cash. Probably. Um, Joe Joey Powell as well. He's another Aussie that's over there, twenty nine year old. Uh, I don't see him coming back. There's too much competition for him, to be honest. But he might want to throw his hat in the ring over these next few years in in Australian rugby too. And uh, I, I love the fact that this is you know the third team in nine months. I don't love that fact, but at the same oh, time. The premiership clubs are meant to be putting the salary cap up. It's meant to rise 1.4 mil million pounds for the next season, or somewhere between 1.4 to 6.4 or something like that. Um, just a huge increase in the salary cap when no teams are actually able to pay their way at the moment. Wasp and Worcester, obviously both gone. Big Irish, it's just why? Why would you put but, it up by so much? It's so dumb. Look, we we don't know the Premiership that well, but these are big clubs with huge history, and they're getting to this point. Something is not right. They're paying players tons of money, which is great for the players, but something is not right over there at the moment. And I've seen some people talking about they need to change how the the competition runs and there's some substantial changes. All this stuff's going to keep happening. And to me, the substantial change isn't paying people more money. Well, you know, the only thing I can think of, and this is absolute speculation, is maybe they want a few less teams, try and build, you know, a smaller group of teams, a a tighter pot of professional players, higher quality of rugby, have more money to go around a smaller group of players. You know I mean? Maybe... There's some tactical kind of angle to this, and it's just whichever team falls first. They've got plenty of tier two teams that you know. Yeah, they're not on the same bucks, man. Anyway, let's push on to the dessert that we're having for the main meal. What's a god do with that desserto? Nelson, I'll organise the screen. You can take this one away. 
Yeah, so this is just an interesting thing. Me frothing on Hooper got me and got me thinking about this. Uh, I did a choose your Wallabies back row. There are names missing. Uh, I can tell you there's three back rows. There's the new kids, there's the incumbents, and then there's the ballers. So I've based it off the back, you know, the the number eights, basically. The new kids, we've got Gleason, the incumbents, we've obviously got Valentini, and the ballers, we have uh, Harry Wilson. So I'll give them our captaincy in each of these back rows just because they're the, the three that I've based the teams on. Because <laughs> um, I just they had a fit those the three number eights, Harry. And then I went, who can fill the number six jerseys? The new kids, we've got Hooper. That's pretty fair, isn't it, Harry? Tom Hooper. Yeah, Tom Hooper. I mean, yeah. I, I think as the new kid, yeah, he's he's the six that's head and shoulders above the competition at the moment. Height-wise, too. He's two metres tall. Yeah, ridiculous. He, he could actually play in the locks, but I love that he's playing at six. I mean, the other option would be Nick Frost, but obviously he's probably too much of a lock there to say that that's where he should be. You've got the incumbent Jed Holloway, I think, seems to be hands down the choice at the moment from the, the form players. And then the baller... Uh, obviously a man that's been talked about a lot and had a fair few caps now is Rob Liotta. Haven't seen him all year with his Achilles injury, but, you know, captain of the Rebels, they obviously see him as a leader, as a developing player that mm. has a long-term future in the uh, in the Wallabies. And, again, he's a big enough unit to be able to jump or lift another player very, very high to help with the line-out as well. I think we're going to see a tall six, especially coming into World Cup against Northern Hemisphere teams, things like that. We need that line-out option. So, I mean, the other options are Swinton, who um, will just get yellow-carded or, or red-carded. Um, Hannigan as well. I, I, I've actually been quite impressed with him. Um, so he might be able to be thrown in there, but he's not really a baller. I, would, no, I wouldn't not, call him a baller. He's not playing right now. He's barely playing for the Tars, yeah. let's be honest. Yeah, I agree. And then we've got our back rows, the new kids. I mean, he's not that new anymore, but, geez, he is the new kid on the block in terms of this Sevens jersey because he is making it his own, and that's Fraser McRae. I, I know that you always talk about how good the Sevens are at being versatile players, but they're not Rugby Sevens players. Every single time we do this, you call them the Sevens jersey. They don't it's play the sevens. sevens, mate. So these are the sevens. There's three of them. We're talking about the sevens. Right, right. <laughs> like the sixes and the eights. That's what we've been talking about, mate. But Fraser McWright, he, he is making it very hard to leave him out of the Wallabies squad and, and starting squad. And I, I, to be honest, in the last month, he's become the man I pick as my starting seven in the Wallabies squad. Yeah, I mean, that's a big call, but I can see why in the form that he's been in. Michael Hooper, obviously the uh, the incumbent, the ex-Wallabies captain in his last year, obviously just trying to get through the uh, World Cup now, and then he'll probably retire from international footy and leave Australian shores by the sounds of it. The Tars have kind of let that one slip, despite the fact that he hasn't signed anywhere yet. And then finally, we've got Pete Samu, who can obviously play all the way along the background, their back, their back row, Obviously, a baller in the way that he plays has just been injured, so hopefully not not out for too long. I think he came back though, didn't he, from that shoulder injury? So yeah, hopefully so. nothing too serious there. But I mean, he's he's probably the only guy in this list that can play six, seven, or eight and do a buddy good job in all three positions. Geez, he is good. I I was thinking about this when I was making this image, and the the, the other guy that I had in that name for that jersey was Gamble, but I couldn't not have Samu in there. And, but I think Gamble could well become the the next Samu for us. He can cover the back row really, really well. He's a very, very good versatile back rower. But how could you not have Pete Samu somewhere in this starting site? So um, for me, uh, that's why I slot him into that, that seven jersey. But, Harry, for you, the new kids, the incumbents, the ballers, who do you pick? Well, man, I was just going to say, you miss Carlo Tizano and Brad Wilkin as well. Like, there's so much good. competition. Richard yeah. Hardwick's been a breakout star at eight as well this year. There's so many good players in the Australian back row. And that's why Hardwick's not he's Aussie, disappointed. He's gone. was all Kiwis. Yeah. Hardwick is not, he's not in here, mate. He's gone. He's long that's gone. Right. Not allowed to play for a star, is he? No. All right. Who am I going to go for? Uh, this World Cup, my starting six is going to be Jed Holloway with Tom Hooper on the bench. My starting seven is going to be Fraser McWright with Pete Samu on the bench. And my eight's going to be Valentini. That's how I'm rolling. 
That's I think that's it's probably my team. I, I, like I think it's it's got to be Jed at the moment. He, he's done so well in his chances in in Wallaby's gold and in that six. Fraser McGuire has taken that jersey for me, and Valentini is the the number eight hands down. Pete Samu's on the bench. If we can somehow take an extra man, then you can. In our, if we're doing a a, a six two split, then then we've got to find a, either room for Tom Hooper or for Gleeson. But you I mean, can put Gleason, Hooper, Pete Samu, and Gleeson in there. Hooper's just your lock reserve as well. Yeah, no. But I mean, that's so concerning. That's so crazy. But as an option, the Blake's played a handful of Super Rugby games, but he is actually earn, earning this. Um, but I, I just want to see a man that is two meters tall sitting on the bench. A couple of years ago, uh, sitting in the six jersey. Uh, a couple of years ago, I thought maybe it could be Frost, but Frost is the lock. He, he's a lock that might be able to do a little bit of six. Hooper is a genuine six option. He is all over the paddock. Huge work rate. Um, big one to watch for the future. Hot shit, Harry. Hot shit. Oh, absolutely hot shit, but not new. Hot, hot shit. Hot <laughs> All right. I think that'll do us because we've probably hit close to an hour without doing any previews. Um, we'll chop this up. We'll get it online. We've got the uh, the image you've made on YouTube to uh, have a look at the Wallabies back row options as well. So make sure you get on there and have a little look. I'm sure it'll be all over our socials as well. So thank you for making that, Nels. It's been a pleasure. And uh, hopefully we can have a chat in the next couple of days about some previews. It's just finding a good time when we get some lineups so that uh, if we're going to do it midweek, it's all current, right? Yeah, I think it's tricky. Um, uh, they actually talked about during the Barbarians World 15 that the origin's on and that if you can find a way to watch it, watch it. We're not a podcast that's going to boost uh, the, the NRL Rugby League ratings, but I, I will be care, watching mate. it on Wednesday. I so care. I don't care. Um, I think I'm taking late patience. So I can work through it, to be honest. I just don't give a stuff. Anyway, Nels, my final words will be it's me versus you. Uh, one of us, the winner, will be guaranteed finals in our fantasy footy. So uh, I hope you lose. Yeah, and my, my final words is that I'm actually coming first and I'm going to stay first and I'm going to knock you out of the top four. So see you later. Ta-ta. Huru. Catch you later, buddy. You can try again next year. Long may the winning streak continue. See ya.